0: Good friday morning and welcome back to the daily buzz i'm your host jeff Parrott. we're catching back up today with salt lake tribune columnist robert Gurky. robert thanks for hanging out with us happy to be here so you've done a lot of work this week you've covered several different topics uh a few of which have ended up in your weekly column which is a bit of a tidbit um first before we get into like the topics kind of like what inspired this idea
1: Oh, you know, every once in a while, you just have stuff in your notebook that you think is interesting, but doesn't necessarily uh, warrant a full exposition of a column. So, so yeah, it's sort of uh, cleaning up some odds and ends.
0: Got it. Uh, this wasn't like uh, a media spokes Friday night taking up the trash kind of tactic.
1: <laughs> no, no, just just stuff that I've been meaning to get to, and finally did. Awesome.
0: All right. Well, we'll top in. I think your very first. Uh, part of these tidbits was what looks like a spencer cox fundraiser but it's happening at the university and kind of has some high profile figures
1: yeah so historically the university of utah president has been sort of nonpartisan, has tried to stay clear of partisan partisan politics and that's true of all of the uh, presidents at, you know our public colleges and universities, so it was kind of weird to get a copy of an invitation that uh, to an event that uh, University President Taylor Randall is uh, headlining on the future of higher education, and it's, it has suggested donations of 10,000 5,000 or $1,000 to the friends of Spencer Cox uh, PAC, his political action committee um i contacted the university about this just because it was so unusual people i talked to had said they'd not seen anything like this before so i contacted the university and they they point out that uh, it does say on the invitation that you can also attend without uh, sending a sending a donation um and and that it's you know it, it's not billed as a university event so so they think that it sort of creates some some wiggle room i guess some uh some space for him to do this they said he would do this for uh, other uh, community groups or candidates who want to talk about the future of higher ed so they'd see it as more just his role as an ambassador but it is it, i mean there is very clearly that uh you know suggested donation to the cox campaign that kind of puts this into a gray area.
0: Is this too early for kind of like a high dollar fundraiser? Does this tell us anything about Spencer Cox's political future? Or is, what, what do you think?
1: I mean, I think, I think in modern politics, the people never stop raising the money. So I think it, it's, it's a constant yeah. process. Uh, I don't know that we can necessarily see this as an indication that Cox has other ambitions ahead of him. But, um, you know, it's it, there's there's a lot of money that needs to be raised and and they're going to be constantly doing it. It's just uh, like I said, unusual that a university president uh, gets involved in that.
0: So let's move from politics to policy. He has appointed a new energy czar, it looks like, um, and a little different than the last one, it seems.
1: Yeah, the, the the outgoing energy advisor was a guy named Tom Carter. He was uh, had previously worked for a Clean Air Group in the state, uh, joined the Cox administration at the beginning of the term, and stuck around until just recently. When you know, just shortly after Cox, uh, the Cox administration released their energy blueprint. The new energy uh, advisor is a, a guy named uh, Gregory Todd. He's a Duchesne County commissioner, and what's I think unusual given not just you know tom carter's background but all of the energy advisors before that is he comes exclusively from the oil and gas industry he's spent his entire career uh working for oil and gas companies and suppliers and uh and and so this this is you know appears at least on the surface to be sort of a pivot a possible pivot in uh the direction of the policy now uh, the cox administration says no you know th- we have we still have a all of the above energy strategy um but you know this is going to be interesting to watch to see how th- the how this office shapes the future of utah's energy policy um you know he had been uh, a proponent of this U into basin rail line that was supposed to get waxy crude oil from uh from the basin to the refineries uh and, and the refineries in the gulf i think ultimately yeah yeah and it's a fairly controversial proposal that that the state is pushing ahead on it's a over a billion dollar investment to try to get this to market where at a time you know it's a big investment at a time where a lot of states a lot of uh you know energy electricity buyers are moving away from oil and gas got it um what did the Cox administration do? They
0: mention kind of like that this is or isn't a policy change. I guess I mean we talked about this a little bit, but
1: yeah, they're gonna they're you know obviously they're gonna say it's not. Uh, they're gonna say and and they did say it's not. They said that he has background both as a public uh, in in public administration, as his time as a county commissioner, uh, and as uh and and you know it they. Are embracing this all of the above energy policy that they that they said they're moving ahead on um you know uh, commissioner todd just recently i should note uh lost his re-election bid he was uh he lost by 35 votes in the in the republican primary for that Duchesne county uh seat so so he was i guess looking for a new gig and and this is it doesn't seem like a bad one no no i think it, i think it's a it's a good gig and i think uh uh you know i think that the, the cox administration is going to you know ultimately be looking you know they've always been they've always been favorable or look favorably on the basin and its oil and gas development um ultimately i think it's uh, going to be market forces perhaps more than you know policy from the governor's office that drives our energy future in the state got it
0: and then i think your final tidbit um which still kind of blows me away there's i i like a got a sneak peek on this. And it's uh, you talked to Carson Jorgensen, the Utah GOP um, chair about a tax lien that's on the party right now.
1: Yeah, it was kind of I I totally stumbled on this by chance. I was looking actually at a a, for another uh, lawsuit that uh, filing in another lawsuit and came across this tax lien that had been filed against the Utah Republican Party, which is pretty unusual. The Utah State Tax Commission uh, filed a thirty five hundred dollar lien against the party uh, in in district court. Um, not a huge amount of money in like political terms, I guess. Yeah, but but really unusual that uh, uh you know usually these parties uh, stay on top of this. I guess they have people that they pay to do this. Um and and since the party is nonprofit, obviously it's not income taxes and it's not property taxes uh, because it's a uh, property taxes are assessed at the county level. So this is. This is this is a payroll tax that they that they didn't pay. Um, the, uh, the, there's not a lot of information about it and I contacted Carson Jorgensen, the chair of the party and he said that it's uh, it, it was an oversight. He said they have they hire a company that had in, in the past had remitted these uh, payroll taxes to the state. Um, they stopped doing that. It was a service that they were no longer offering and so these taxes went unpaid for a number of months uh, until the tax commission filed the filed the lien. He said that they've sent a check to the tax commission and it should be cleared up but uh, you know it's it's as I kind of quipped in the in the column, you know, it's, it's, the Republican Party prides itself on, you know, wanting low taxes and it doesn't get much lower than not paying them. I guess.
0: For sure who so who typically is on a party payroll, like a state party payroll
1: yeah they I mean, can't be
0: a ton of folks right
1: No no it's a they they run typically on a pretty small staff usually you have a an executive director uh maybe a political director and and then like a receptionist kind of you know coordinator so yeah they the the party apparatus is is not huge but yeah it's it's still you know 3500 bucks of, of tax money that they uh, failed to remit and they say have cleared up so we'll we'll watch and see how that plays out
0: Robert, thanks for joining us today. Happy to be here, Jeff. Have a good weekend. Yeah, you too, Robert. And that's it for today, but also for now. The Daily Buzz launched during the legislative session this year. We've had a blast bringing you the news from in and out of Utah politics during the past eight months. We are putting the show on pause while we think about the best way to share the day's biggest headlines and investigations with you. For more than 150 years, the Tribune has delivered impactful and important stories. And as one of the editors here, I'm excited to be in our newsroom as we keep evolving in new ways. Be sure to find the day's headlines and deeply reported stories at the Tribune website, sltrib.com and social media pages like Instagram and Twitter. Thanks for spending part of your day with us. And as always, I want to give a huge shout out to Shuelo Cardenas, Sage Miller, Danny Rubio, Bethany Baker, and Grant Burningham for editing these episodes the last eight or so months. And to all the hosts that have worked so hard on the podcast, especially here recently, like Pollock J. Swall and Dade Millander. And finally, the Salt Lake City zone, the Pelicans for our music. Have a good day, folks.